Alright guys, welcome to episode 26 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching. Um, some NFL halfway point um, thoughts and takes. And uh, our movies that we would enjoy watching if we were trapped on a desert island, which has been brought upon by one foolish post on Twitter. Um, but first... Let's start with what we've been watching. So what, yeah. have, what have you been watching? Yeah, so last week I talked about uh, Bly Manor, and I finished that up. And I started another Netflix show, um, and this one's called The Queen's Gambit. And it's a short series. It's only seven episodes. It's not a show show. It's a limited series. Um, and it stars uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in Split and The Witch and New okay. Mutants. And she's going to be Furiosa in the prequel that they're going to be making eventually, whenever that happens. Um, and it's a, it's a biopic series, um, based on the life of Beth Harmon, who was a, a, a chess prodigy. And so, mm-hmm. um, so far I'm only about, I actually just finished, uh, episode four before we started recording. Um, and it's excellent. It's so good. Um, it's sort of what I've been missing from a Netflix series in terms that it feels like an HBO show, like an FX show where it's like, this is like the real, like prestige drama shit. And not just another series that is on Netflix and that people are just, you know, obsessing over. That's not actually not very good. Um, right. Yeah, but uh, I really like it. Um, and it, it is a little, you know, it, it sort of follows the same biopic um, formula formula or, or steps. You know, it, it starts off with her as an adult and then it flashes back as a child. So it's like that, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the Walk Hard Dewey Cox thing, you know, where have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so it's like that. It's like, you know, before Beth Harmon plays chess, she has to think about her whole life. <laughs> so it's like that. Um, but uh, but it's excellent. And her performance is great. Um, I've been a fan of hers since The Witch, um, which I think was the first thing I ever saw. And I was like, ah, this girl's really good. And then she was in that. And I think a couple of years after that, or maybe a year or two after that, she was in Split, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. And she was fucking awesome in that. And then she's I just think kind Split of. Split was the first time I saw her in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think, I think that was like her first big, like actual, like movie, like you know, like wide release movie. And mm-hmm. then she was in this smaller movie called Thoroughbreds, but nobody saw that one. Um, and then she was in New Mutants, the F, the um, X Men movie that came out this year. But that okay. I heard that was a piece of shit. <laughs> um. So. When I heard about the Furiosa news, I was like, cool, she's actually going to be in a big fucking movie. Like, finally, people are catching up. And then I saw that she was in this, and I heard it, I had, saw I got great reviews, and so I just, you know, said it just started. And, uh, yeah, they're right. It, it's excellent. Um, the chess, you know, it, it's a lot like, um, it's it's a biopic, but it's also it also feels like a sports movie, right? Right. You know, where, like, the, the up-and-comer is really good at basketball or baseball, but then you're watching it. And they're doing the sport, 
but you know the rules, and so you kind of go, okay, I know like what this means, I know what that means, but because chess, I don't know jack shit about chess, <laughs> so I'm entirely dependent on what this show is giving you exactly like her reactions and the actor's reactions so if he goes she you know if i see her face and she goes uh, like, you're like whoa that was wild oh, that was a bad move that was a bad move you know it's like that gif have you seen that gif of um it's like ty burrell the guy from modern family and it's mm-hmm. like he's something's going on and he's like shaking his head but then everybody starts clapping around him so he goes oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> um it's like that. It's like I go, oh, is that bad? Did, did you do well? It's the same fucking thing I have when I watch um, Casino Royale or the first time, first couple of times I watched it where, you know, he puts down a card and I'm like, I don't know what that means. And then the music <laughs> swells up and then fucking what's his name starts crying blood from his eye. I'm like, oh, shit, James Bond killed it. Oh, shit. I don't know what those cards mean. So it's the same thing. I'm like, she like puts on a moves a pawn or a piece or something. And I'm like, oh, my God, did, is that is that is that good? Oh, okay, she's crying. Okay, good, good. It's not a good move. Okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, it's great. And it's also it. it I thought it was gonna be like um, sort of like smaller budget, um, but with fucking Netflix, they influx everything with a ton of cash, so it looks awesome. So it takes place in like in the sixties. But a big budget chess show, bro. Is that what you're telling me? It, yeah, like dude, like it looks awesome. Like there's like these long takes that like go from like outside of a hotel, like inside up some stairs and shit. And like the episode I just watched takes uh, took place in Mexico City, like in the '60s, so everything looks fucking like awesome, like like you would think it would look like. And then, right. you know, it's like uh, you see like Cincinnati. I think they live in Cincinnati or near or somewhere in Ohio, and like looks like the 1950s. And then they go to Vegas in 1950s. So it's like Mad Max, uh, not Mad Max, um, Mad Men, where it's like whoa, like you see like. A slice of life not just of her life but also of the time um right. so i'm excited to see how it ends how it uh, how it wraps up um i've heard great things i've heard that it actually ties up into a nice little bow so i'll give more general thoughts about the whole story as a whole uh, but i definitely recommend it so far the her performance is great um the show is great uh, I'm, I'm excited to see sort of what themes and, and where it ends up um i just wish i knew chess <laughs> and what was the name of it again yeah, it's the Queen's Gambit, and I think today, as we're recording, I think or yesterday maybe, it was number one on Netflix. I know you know Netflix does their top okay. ten shows or whatever right. shows and movies. Um, I think they just started doing that since quarantine started, or um, and um, yeah, I think it was number one yesterday or today. Cool deal. Um, I know a little bit about chess, but I've not enough to like. There, there's gonna be some like advanced setup, and I'm gonna be like, I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just know which way the pieces move. Like, oh yeah, she's like, it's the well, the queen's gambit is like a move. She's like, it's the Sicilian defense, but it's the ulterior quadrillion emotion. What blah 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, I have no you're idea. Like, yeah, sure thing. Uh, let's like, keep uh, it moving. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, let's not get hung up on semantics. I need to keep mm, this moving. Just, just either tell me if it's good or bad, and let's keep this rolling. Right, no explanations, just oohs and odds. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I have had my schedule open up because I have finished Avatar: The Last Airbender. Nice, nice. I fucking I tore through that last season like it was nobody's fucking business. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely got way more actiony in that whole last season. There's way more action going oh, on yeah. there in the first two seasons. It's all good. Um, and I fucking love their Fire Nation outfits. Like, yeah, the Fire Nation outfits are, yeah, like the, <laughs> the 
you're talking about the main groups, Fire Nation. Yeah, outfits? when they have to They're go undercover. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it, everything about it's great. I haven't, I I haven't really thought like a whole lot about the show. You know what I mean? Like I just finished it. I'm probably gonna like give it a minute and then start looking up stuff about it in mm-hmm. terms of just like. I, I just liked it a lot. It's basically where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know necessarily all the themes uh, that, that went into it, but, uh, you know, if I stop and think about it, I can probably piece some stuff together. But I, I just kind of, when I'm watching something, I'm, like, just watching it. I'm not thinking about any of the extra layers beyond it until afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, there's a few small hang-ups, um that, that I have, but they're not anything major. And, and a lot of it could just come down to like time restraints. So they have to like shorten some things up and quicken some things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Azula is great. Um, all the main characters are great. Like nobody, nobody really feels like useless at all. You know what I mean? Like every person has their place and is, and does what you would expect them to do. Yeah. And, the only character that I'm disappointed in is uh, Iroh. Because, like, I know you mentioned before that, like, he takes a much more tertiary role. Yeah. But I was, like, just past midway of the season, I feel like, is when he, like, breaks out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's going to be coming back any minute now. Yeah. And he shows up at, like, the, the finale. And he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm part of this. Like, what makes me the most upset is, like, they put, like, the group of people he's with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the group of people that he has similar importance to mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the finishing of everything mm-hmm. is the swordsman you get for one episode. The inventor. The inventor that you get for, like, two. Mm-hmm. The firebender that tries to teach Aang first that you get for, like, an episode. Mm-hmm. And then Aang's old friend who is now, like, a great earthbender or whatever... And he's been in, like, three episodes. So, yeah. like, Eero, who's, like, this giant, humongous, like, part, an important piece of, like, the whole first two seasons. Like, realistically, like, his impact just kind of gets absorbed by Zuko. Yeah. And, like, he himself, like, like literally, if you were to measure up what happened, like, 90% of his importance, once the show's over, was absorbed into Zuko. And then, like... He was just as important, like his self, as mm-hmm. any of those guys who were only in like one or three episodes. Yeah. So it's like that kind of sucked. Like I would have liked to see a little more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, like what what's the point of showing me this awesome transformation, right? And him fooling the the fire uh, nation, right, mm-hmm. into thinking he's just this old grovelly man, and then he's actually fucking ripped and escapes, and like you don't do anything with that. Yeah. Like, literally, even in the final, even in the finale, he's not, like, he's wearing, like, a long, flowy robe. And he looks the same. He doesn't look dramatically different. So, I was, like, even, like, you gave us this awesome physical transformation and then just never showed it to us again. Because, like, even when he's in the, you know, like he, they're taking over Bossing Zay, he's, like, just looks like a regular fucking dude. Like, the same one that was in the first two seasons. And I was just, like, that seems like you wasted an opportunity to me yeah i mean i i do wonder i did you know that the voice actor passed away i did not 
So in the Tales from Ba Sing Se, you know, we talked about it last week. I forgot to bring it up, but you know, when he's at the, um, he's at that memorial and he's singing that song and it's like sunset. Right. Um, it says like for Mako or something like that. Or yeah. For Mako. That's the voice actor. He had passed away, I think either just before they finished season two. So I, I'm sure that had something to do with why he had such a reduced role. Yeah. Um, cause if you hear his voice, it sounds a little different. Um, not a lot, but it's like, it doesn't have that. It, it's not, it wouldn't have been the same. I think if they would have had to get like a full season out of a guy. Right. To replace him. I, I, I still feel like I would have rather dealt with that. You know what I mean? Cause, cause like, it'll take you out of a little bit, but then if yeah. you learn, it's one thing if they just like recast the person, you're like, well, what the fuck was that? But like, if somebody died, I feel like you're just like, I'll just have to look past it. Like that's, that's just part of the deal at that point. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like uh, it, it just was a whole lot of character building to just kind of, in my opinion, like, toss aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I definitely missed him, and I, I, I wish they would have found a way to... Because I, I agree. I think I would have been okay with a replacement one, right? Like, nobody's going to be like, what the fuck? The guy died and you didn't, right? Like, nobody's going to say that. You're just going to be like, no, you know, we had a story and we wanted to finish it. Right. Um my guess is that they probably sketched out the series. I, I would assume that they did it pretty much like Breaking Bad, where they knew the beginning, they knew the end, but they was kind of much more nebulous than probably like exactly every episode written right from the start, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, I prefer that than, than to having it all sketched out. So maybe, you know, they just, maybe they did try to make it work, but, you know, he just yeah. didn't have a, a, a space in that story. Yeah, and also, like I said, it could have just been a time restraint thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they knew that he was going to be a prisoner in the Fire Nation and that he was going to escape and then conquer Bossing, say, not as a part of the Fire Nation. And then, you know, they just between everything else happening, didn't have time to fill in that gap with anything for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they as they kept doing episodes, they're like, well, we need to do this with Aang, we need to do this with Katara, this with Zuko. And then, like, by the time we're rolling around to what ends up being, I think, a four-piece finale, mm-hmm. it's like we didn't really have a whole lot of time to fuck, to, to flesh out anything in between. Yeah. So, here's what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know how last week you were talking about your least favorite voice acting, Jet? Um, I like how in the, I think it's the episode before the finale ones, it's the the play episode, which I love. Yeah. I think it's a nice little breather. Um, they talk about Jed, and he's like, did he die down here? And he's like, we don't really know. <laughs> I thought that was nice. And then I, yeah. I liked um, one moment that cracked me and Sydney up was the one where Zuko is kissing Katara, or they're, like, talking to Katara or something, and the fake play Zuko goes, wait, aren't you the Avatar's girl? And then it cuts to the real Aang, and he's just, like, silently, like, nodding his head. He's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, um, I, I know you, you said you, you know, you wanted to find something to read on the series, um, and I, I thought that <clears throat> this writer had written a long piece, but I think he'd written a long piece about the legend of Korra, mm-hmm. but he did write a really nice Twitter thread, and it's a uh, film crit Hulk, and okay. he does uh, articles and videos and stuff on Twitter. Uh, but he has a little uh, thread that I, I can read off this bit on that I, I I followed it along. So what he did was that he started the ep- he started the series from the start, and then every episode he wrote a tweet to go along with it. So the thread ends up going about thirty. And so what I did is that I bookmarked the first one, 
and then I would go through and after I finished an episode, I would read his tweet about the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, he has like a little, uh, about three or four that kind of go together. Um, but he says about it, he says, you know, uh, genuine epics understand the biggest journey is often from who you were to who you are, along with all the ways uh, we can stay true to our most moral and aching hearts and embracing all the forms of power that are so much more intimate and emotional than the political. Avatar The Last Airbender understands all this with wit, humility, humor, non-toxicity, and open heart that few shows ever manage to display. It is at once a glowing beacon of youth as it is a sobering lesson for adulthood. For me, uh, let me see what else. He says, you know, when talking about the best show of all time, I always have a simple answer and total cop-out because I answer... The Sopranos, The Wire, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer all at once. And then he goes on to mention the the, um, the merits of each one. Right. And he says, It's no accident that all three were perhaps the most thematically driven shows of our time, yet none sacrificed any bit of entertainment in that pursuit. They showed us the joys of what is possible, so there's no way I could make an argument over one for one over the other. Now, I happily include Avatar The Last Airbender, Airbender in their company, because it is among the best television shows I've ever seen. But it doesn't need to be me to say it because it validates itself. It is the best interpretation I've seen of the epic tradition uh, that of the epic tradition that I've seen on television. It nails journeys both small and large, internal and external, from moment to moment, and to the grand distances of our beautiful arcs. And so, I all I can really offer of substance is my deepest thanks for people who are following along, uh, because uh, I've had I'm incredibly lucky, lucky, incredibly lucky to have the show, and hopefully you feel that way too. Yeah, it was. It's really solid, and it does do, it does do a good job with like all of like what he said, the internal motivations. Like every character goes through a journey, and like it, it's weird because there's some things that like feel weird when they happen, and then it like. So like the best example that I can come up with is when Zuko betrays. Hero and sides with Azula, right? Mm-hmm. And like my whole thing was like, this feels so out of character. Like, like for everything we've gotten up to this point, it like it, it doesn't make sense for this like for him to do this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And specifically, I think the reason I feel that way is because it's Azula. Because like it, like I would understand like his overarching like quest for honor. You know what I mean? Through obtain capturing the avatar like i would understand that but like you put his like enemy number one really as being the person that persuaded him to to go that way yeah so it felt kind of off but then it immediately is like no that is correct like that that does feel off you know what i mean like like the Mm -hmm. show acknowledges that because then you immediately get him back at home and like not feeling fulfilled at all, you know what right, I mean, right. and just being like on edge the whole time, and so it's like I don't necessarily know why he made that decision, but like it, it kind of just seems like a just a backslide, and like it, as much as we don't understand it, it seems like he also doesn't really understand it, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's like he was told that always that this is what you want, and then when he finally got it, he was like, wait, I don't want this at all. This isn't what I wanted at all. Right. Um, and so I I, I think. I didn't mind it because it was kind of one of those like sort of like, oh, Anakin, you're breaking my heart type shits, you know, when mm-hmm. he like leaves. Um, but then when he realizes what he's done and he, um, he you know, mends what he's 
the damage he's caused, I'm like, okay, this is where the art comes in. Where he realizes that what he wanted the whole time, you know, that honor, I gotta do it for the honor, isn't what was fulfilling, isn't what he needed in his life. And then he changes that. Um, right. And more specifically, that honor isn't what he thought it was. Because that right. is, mm-hmm. even still later, it is his driving motivation, is his honor. But, like, he has realized that it's not, uh, the way to gain it is not the way he thought but like I said, my only issue with him backsiding, like it didn't seem weird to me other than the fact that we're talking about like his monstrous sister who is like kind of seems like she was responsible for her mom getting killed. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Zuko's enemy number one from birth was the one like, no, just come back home. And he was like, sure. Like, like yeah. the fuck? Like, that's what threw me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just think was... I, I just feel like he was so focused on that, that he would have taken it from anybody. He was just like, I need to be back. I need to be back in the good graces. Like, I need to be the the fucking heir to the throne, even though he probably should have known that he wasn't going to be the heir to the throne. And he just was so blinded by that drive that I think he was like, Azula, yeah, sure. Uh, The guy who, the general guy who I killed in season one, sure, yeah, he's him too, you know? Yeah, I think the only issue, my complaint with that is that, like, before this point, he was actually turning away from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Like, he was turning away from, you know going back home basically Mm -hmm. and then like i could see where if it was someone that like meant something to him in any capacity like pulling him back to that you know what i mean like but it seems weird to have a person he doesn't like pulling back to something he's already turning away from you know what i mean like that that seemed weird to me Mm -hmm. um but that's like again overall like kind of a small thing because even after where it felt weird to me the character acknowledges that it's like something's not right still you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah. it all works out the show was great um there's i have no complaints about it um mm-hmm. really solid i don't know that i would ever put it in my top shows all time mm-hmm. um but it's definitely very solid and it nails what it aims to do mm-hmm. so okay, cool definitely check that out if you haven't already um so let's go from that to the NFL, which mm-hmm. is something that I have stopped checking out um, <laughs> because both the Cowboys and my fantasy team are a disaster. But before mm-hmm. we get to that, let's just talk about, you know, we're halfway through the NFL season. Yeah. Um, if you had to say that so far someone's an MVP, who wh- who do you think you'd give? Yeah, so, so far, you know, we're halfway through, and it's already lasted longer than I thought it was going to last. Right. Um, I said week six, and I think by the time you listen to this, it'll be the start of week ten. Um, so, you know, a little bit more than halfway through. Um, it seems like they're handling their COVID stuff okay. Um, they had that scare with the Titans, and they mm-hmm. pushed some games around and stuff, um, which makes you wonder why they didn't build that into this into the schedule you know they had they, they just kind of went by and they did their week their one bye weeks but i don't get why they didn't go ahead and include maybe two more extra bye weeks right and just push the season out a little bit um right. you know would push into next season but i'd rather they i'm sure they would rather have that than have to fucking push everything back by force they'd rather have that just built in mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't get why they didn't do that dumb um but uh yeah i mean other than the cowboys being trash the games have been interesting um They've been pretty good, at least the ones that, you know, are prime time. I think the Seahawks have, I think, three of my favorite games I've seen this year. You know, they've all, yeah. they, they don't, I keep seeing on Twitter that the Seahawks don't play 
normal games. They just play fucking bizarro ones. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's in speaking of the Seahawks, I do think my MVP so far is Russell Wilson. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think it's either him. I would say him. But then a close second is Kyler Murray. Okay. He's been playing out of his mind. And I know Russell Wilson, you know, they only have one loss. But the Cardinals have only lost twice. Okay. And I believe his stats, let me see. He's He has like, I think he when he played them, the Seahawks the first time, he had like 300 yards, three touchdowns, and like 60 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um so he, you know, he's leading the league in quarterback rushes by a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. He's got two more touchdowns than the nearest quarterback. Overall touchdowns, like rushing touchdowns, he's got the most. He's tied for first with Dalvin Cook and a couple of other guys. Okay. Um. So, and I think in terms of total yards, he's leading the league in both rushing and passing. He's got twenty-two hundred games mm-hmm. with a pa- passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Six. Everybody else, you know, has three or four. So I think he is my dark horse, but I do think, you know, it's going to be one of those like classic, like if the, if it stays consistent, I think it's going to be one of those classic, like, uh, you know, Oh, you got to give it to the, uh, the guy who doesn't have one because he's been in there longer. And then, you know, the young guy, he's going to have plenty of games to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think if this stays consistent and both of them make the playoffs and you just kind of, you know, double their stats and they have the same, I do think they'll give it to Russell just to be like, well, the man has never had an MVP vote, and look what he's done. You got to give it to Russell, and then you know Kyler, he's only twenty three or twenty four. I mean, he's gonna have plenty of time to do it. So, I do think even though even if the stats are better in Kyler's uh, Kyler's way, mm-hmm. um, I do think that they give it to Russell. But I do think also Russell has been very very good. So not to say that he hasn't been like fucking MVP level. Um, I just think that they've both been excellent, but I do think that they do give it to Russell for the story. Okay. So who do you, if you were to say who your MVP is right now through half of the season? You know MVP? what I mean? Like if they gave the award today. Not oh, like, today? Not like probably stretched Russell. out over the 16 weeks or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? probably but, Russell. Okay. Okay. So mine, I think, and they'll never give it to this person because they just won't. But like, I feel like I, I might have to go Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. has been so incredible. And, and, like, I don't know where it came from. Like, he was great at the end of last year, right? But I feel mm-hmm. like before that, he was kind of just like a above-average, like, running back and had been for a while, I feel like. I don't yeah. know how long he's been in the league. Um, I mean, I feel like he he sort of took off when Ryan Tannehill took off. And Ryan Tannehill right. is also a Dark Horse MVP candidate. Right. So, yeah, Derrick Henry's been in the league four years. This is his fifth. Um, and, like, I just had no idea this was even a thing that could happen. You know what I mean? Like, for Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's just so wild. Um, he's just putting up big numbers. And, I, you know, it, I don't know if it's... It's hard to say whether Tannehill is benefiting from him or he's benefiting from Tannehill, but like either way, mm-hmm. it's working and he's playing great. So I think realistically, I would say like most valuable to their team, I would say is Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? I feel like Russell Wilson's definitely close and, and actually might be a little more on that scale. But like I, I think just the gap between what Derrick Henry's doing and what other running backs are doing, 
mm. um, is enough for me to just give him an edge, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I can literally I feel like I can pinpoint right when it when it his dominance started and it was that Monday night game. Do you remember when he had like two ninety yard rushes? Yeah, yeah. and he had like forty five uh, fantasy points. But from then on, he's been like on a fucking tear. Yeah, he absolutely has. It's been insane. Yeah. So, um, let me see. Uh, he, I, I found an article from 538 that I read earlier this week um, where they say, you know, he's leading the league in rushing by, like, almost 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And if he keeps up his 117.6 yards per, per game pace, it would be 17th all-time between Barry Sanders' 1994 season and Sean Alexander's MVP 2005 season. Damn. So, I'm looking at the stats right now for rushing for the season so far, and he is has over 100 yards more than the person in second place, mm-hmm. which is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. But he's, he's also played one less game. Because they had their bye week already. Right, right, right. The top five. So Dalvin Cook's up there, and he's only played five games, and I'm assuming... I'm not really sure how he only played five games. But maybe he was hurt one. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But four through, like, two, three, and four are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kenyon Drake, and uh, Tampa Bay's running back. Um, can't think of his first name, but it's Jones. Uh, yeah. But they've all played seven games. Derrick Henry's a full game behind. Jesus. Um, he also has 30 more attempts than anybody else, like the next highest. And, and so that means they're leaning on him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. they're leaning on him the way the Cowboys tried to lean on Zeke before he fumbled it fucking three times or whatever the hell. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I remember, I think it was week one or two, he had like 35 carries. I was like, Jesus Christ, this that's like high school shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, since since Tannehill took over at the as of, as of this recording, um, the Titans are 14 and four. Damn. And he's been averaging 120 rushing yards per game. How bad do the Titans feel about wasting so much time with Mariota then? Jesus Christ, so terrible. Well, I, I do think, I think what's-his-name was hurt. And that's why he didn't come in until week seven. But right. Tannehill's been on a tear. I mean, he's played 16 games. And I think um, somebody on Twitter kind of put his stats together for 16 weeks. And he had like, you know, 36 touchdowns, six picks, 4,000 yards. Pretty much like an MVP season. or Kind of like what, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Mahomes' season last year. Not his MVP one, but just last year. Right. But yeah, so I think... Yeah, I just think it's incredible that Derrick Henry's putting up these numbers. Um, I I would love for him to get the MVP. I don't think he will because I don't think running backs really get an MVP anymore. Um, but with that being said, I mean, if he's going to carry the ball this many times this season, I hope they give it to him this year because in two years he's going to be done. You oh yeah, I mean? it's gonna I mean, he's gonna get the Demarco Murray where like we're like leading rusher in the league. He he has like a million attempts and then he's mm-hmm. like okay for the next year and then he's just. Curtis. He's fucking he's falls cashed off the cliff. out. Yeah, yeah, like um, what's his name, Larry Johnson? Remember him right. from the mid two thousands? He yep. had like four hundred and fifty carries, like for three years in a row, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody can fucking take that beating. Like, there's no. It's just you can't. Yeah. Um. So that's mine. So mm-hmm. so who? So you have on here an LVP, which I'm yes. going to assume is a least valuable player. Yeah, like a disappointment. Like the like a guy who you were like. The guy who you're like, holy shit, get this guy off of here. All right. Um, so who's yours? I'm going to go with fucking Zeke. He's right. Zeke Elliott. <laughs> He's had a couple of good games. But, man, like, when you pay a guy $90 million, which was dumb, they should have gotten a Dak, not him. 
Um, you I don't know about that, looking, but go ahead. You just end up looking like dumb because he, he he has not played well at all. And I know he hasn't been able to get the rush going because most of the time the Cowboys are fucking down or they're behind or something. Yeah, and, and he can't or get also the... we have four backup offense. I think all five backup offensive linemen. Exactly. Now. So he can't run. And I think, you know, he's averaging like something like 60 or 70 yards per game or before he was 90 or close to 100. Um. So, yeah, so yeah for that all that money that they paid him, um, I honestly would have been able, would have been okay. I mean, it would have sucked, but I would have been okay with just letting him walk and just getting somebody else, getting up like one of these guys, like, uh, not, not LA or, um, what's the guy that got drafted in the second round that's been good recently? Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Shit. But anyway, but, uh, oh, the, the guy from, um, Jacksonville. Um, let me see his name. He's, I think he is, let me see his name. He's been a workhorse for them. Um, one second, one second, one second. This is thrilling. <laughs> uh, not Miles Gaskin, the other guy. Um, James Robinson. Oh, okay, James yeah, Robinson. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's the number three running back in fantasy this year, and I think he barely made the team. Like he was just picked up, and I think he made like the practice squad and stuff. So like the guys are there. I think I don't think you need to pay running backs anymore. I used to think you should. I used to be like, yeah, give this guy, give the guys their money. They're worth it. Todd Gurley, he's worth it. Derrick Henry, he's worth it. Zeke, they're they're all worth it because, you know, but then, you know, seeing these guys play like shit afterwards, like Todd Gurley, and then seeing these nobodies put up these insane stats, like uh, Mike Davis, the guy backing up Christian McCaffrey, same thing. Yeah. Know, he's fucking killing it. Or he's doing, he's been a pretty okay replacement, and all that money could have gone somewhere else. But for all that money that we gave Zeke, there is very little to show for it this season. Yeah, I, I don't know that giving it to Dak would have been what I did with that money because... Even this year, like everyone, I was so confused. I'm so confused at like some of the narratives that like happened. So like, even this year, they're like, Dak's having like an MVP level season, and the Cowboys are wasting it. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't see that at all. Like, sure, if you look at the numbers, that's what you get. But when you watch the game, you see that all these numbers are coming down, coming in when we're down three touchdowns with, like, two minutes to go in the third quarter, and all the DBs are just playing, like, five, ten yards off of receivers and just making time tick off the clock because they're not – they're up by three scores. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and well, if you yeah, think but... about the game we won, it was a fucking ridiculous onside kick recovery because, the, like – and it was the Falcons who, of all teams, like, continue to blow insurmountable leads. Right. So, like, I don't think it means anything when you put up – 350 400 yards if you're down three scores and you're just tossing to wide open guys you know what yeah, I mean? but like, I, but i mean like i mean we were down big against the redskins and then andy dalton couldn't do that so i don't think anybody can do that i, I do think that you know if it would have been a good season or a guy you know if we hadn't been in these games i think his stats would have been pretty good i, I mean they well, might not have been deal, insane though. you just compared Dak to andy dalton you know what i mean like the, no but the, i'm the, saying like that not not anybody can come in and and just do that right like you can't right. you, i saying... agree but it's not even close to being mvp level you know what i mean like you like it's not even remotely close you know what i mean like it's not russell wilson it's not patrick mahomes it's not lamar jackson you know what i mean you have th- possibly the best receiving core in the league you know what i mean with cooper gallup mm-hmm. and cd lamb and like of course you can put up big numbers when you're down three scores I, like it, it just wasn't impressive to me i never felt like 
I was watching greatness. You know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. like I'm watching him make easy passes. Yeah. That that like any above average quarterback I feel like could do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, and I, I mean I don't think Andy Dalton's great, but I mean Andy Dalton had a big drive before he got hurt and you know what I mean? Like mm. I and we I think won a game. You know what I mean? Like like I don't know what to say. Um yeah. I I mean I I think they need I mean this I think they should pay him. I I really do. I think he's the guy that's going to be the guy for the next 10 years. I don't see how where they go if they just let him go. Like do they just hope that the guy that they pick up um I think we draft yeah. Trevor Lawrence cuz we're not going to win any fucking games this year. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean if they tank, if they go full tank, that is a possibility. I don't think um, we have to go full tank. I think we're already there. We're on our third string QB and and a a, a whole second string offensive line and a yeah. running back that can't stop fumbling the ball. Like I feel yeah, pretty I mean, good about our chances to end up in the bottom. I mean it could happen. I mean somebody was saying two wins might be too high with the Jets not having any. So I mean it's a possibility. I think I mean it's it's the Jets Trevor Lawrence to lose. Yeah. Like it's their fucking race to lose. Um so I'm interested to see if they do like end up getting him or not. Um, but if we miss out and get like the second pick or third, that's going to suck. Um, but, or maybe that, you know, you could be like, Hey, look, well, no, he's not under contract. I was going to say, it was like, Hey, look, we got Dak. We trade you Dak, the number two pick. You give us number one, Trevor Lawrence. Huh? Huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think the Jets make that trade, but I mean, for what it's worth looking at this, uh, I just Googled like a random, you know, mock draft to see what other quarterbacks are in there. They have uh, quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State going third. So obviously, you know what I mean? We, I would take that. It's a shot and we wouldn't have to sink so much money into it. Maybe we get a defense that's actually, you know, not awful mm-hmm. by, by, you know, spending some money on some decent guys um, yeah. on that side of the ball. Really, we should have played fucking Byron Jones. Um more than anybody, I think more than Dak, more than Zeke, we should have paid Byron Jones. Oh yeah, and how 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 messed up do you think Earl Campbell? Not Earl Campbell, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Earl you, Campbell. How, Earl Campbell's real messed up, homie. <laughs> how messed up do you think Earl Thomas' situation is that they won't even bring him in to to work out to do a workout? Right. Yeah, I don't. It's just, it's tough. Like, that's, yeah. that's... Remember because he had that thing with his brother at the start of quarantine where his, his wife caught him with his brother and stuff. And... Right. So, right, like, yeah. how, like, there must be something else there that they're, that Jerry isn't even like, hey, let's bring him a call. Because Jerry fucking brings in anybody. Right. And so, especially a guy who has said, I want to play for the Cowboys. Right. So, yeah, we have what, I mean, we need all the help we can get, so. Yeah. And also, I mean, did he have like a horrific injury <laughs> like earl camp earl thomas yeah did he uh... maybe not horrific but he definitely had a bad one right wasn't that like him getting carted off flicking off Pete carroll i don't I remember i think so I, I feel like it was so he's not like I, I imagine the answer is just that like we don't know how great he's gonna be and there's a whole bunch of shit going around it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah that was two years ago oh okay what was he doing last year then was he did he play last year? I think he didn't. He play for the Ravens. He played for the Ravens. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be something going on. Um, yeah, because they let him go this year, August twentieth or August of twenty twenty. 
Yeah, I wonder what what's up. What what has caused that? But I don't yeah. know. That's what I'm saying. Something's up. Something's weird. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, yeah, it sucks. All right. So my LVP, if I had to give uh, out an LVP, um, would have. I was stuck between two, and, and I ultimately would have gone with Zeke, right? Because we did pay him a lot, and he has not performed well. Um, but I think if I had to give an actual LVP, if we're if we're taking out, all right. So here was my other thing. So my other person was going to be Cam Newton because mm-hmm. he has not played well. I'm I'm selling stock in Cam Newton. All the Cam Newton stock I had at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm selling it off. But the reason why I was still going to give it to Zeke was like, can you really call someone the least valuable player when all you're paying him is like $3 and two loose cigarettes? Because he's on like the <laughs> cheapest starting quarterback contract in the NFL. So like, I was like, I don't really know if you can call him the least valuable when you only paid him, uh, you know, like I said, $3 and two loose cigarettes. Yeah. Um, so that's why I wasn't going to give it to him, but he has also played much worse than I thought he would after coming back. Yeah. Which I'm sure, I mean, that might have played something into it, you know? Like, because it affects everybody differently, and some people come back and they're fine. And then, you know, I heard uh, Von Miller, he came back and he, he was having trouble breathing, you know, after practices. Um, oh, so from getting from getting sick or whatever? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that could be play a part of it. Who knows? Maybe he's not back to 100%. I mean, because, you know, he's like, he had it. And then it's like two weeks later, he's like, he's fine. He's back. And it's like, well, that, that's, that's not how it usually works with, with COVID. So, yeah. I don't think his games before it were, like, spectacular. He had, like, one pretty good one, I think. And then yeah. the others were, like, okay. And then they got worse. But, like, for right now, I think he, I think he's on my LVP list. He's on LVP watch. Yeah, um. To say the least. Um, so, I talked about my disappointments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being my fantasy team, scoring the third most points in my league, and currently being one in six tied for last, which is the most insane, aggravating shit I've ever been a part of. <laughs> um, I, I am so mad. Because, like, I, what am I supposed to do? I've scored the third most points in our league. And, like, I can't, every time, I fucking set my lineup at the week, and then I fucking play, and I'm like, all right, had a good week, and it doesn't matter. Took that loss anyways. I am almost 200 points more than the guy I'm tied for last week, and we have the same fucking record. I'm going to be better this week because I'm playing him this week, but (laughs) I'm still upset about it. It's the most disappointing shit. And then on top of that, the Cowboys are also terrible. So that's, Mm -hmm. I just haven't been watching a lot of football lately. Yeah, yeah, two and five. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I watched like the Sunday night games. I watched the one, the Steelers, not Steelers, the he's, uh, Seahawks in it, and Cardinals, the one that just happened, uh, you know, the week of this recording. Yeah. Um, and it was great, but yeah, I don't know how much more I'll watch if it's not like you know, like a prime time or like two, you know, um, teams that are doing really well. So I might just be right. out of it until the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, surprises. So you brought up Kyler Murray. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. The two surprises I have currently, I think, are Jared Goff's playing good football again. 
which mm-hmm. is surprising. I thought he was trash um, after last year. And then um, also the Steelers, I think, are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team, as yeah, as of the time of this recording, yep. I thought Big Ben was washed. I mean, he might still be washed. Yeah, I mean, I I was like, dude, you're no different than Eli Manning and uh, Philip Rivers, in my mind. I was like, he's like them. Well, I mean, he he came in with them, you know, in 2004. So I was like, oh, this dude is done, done. Like, he's going to come back. He's going to have a noodle arm. But he, I mean, I I don't think he's setting the world on fire with this play, but he's making the ones that he needs to, and then his defense is keeping them in. Because I think the defense is excellent. Yeah, I just, I would have never expected them to be playing this well. Um, this far into the season, yeah. but you know, maybe they'll keep it up. I, I feel like there's a chance that, you know, Ben's going to start to tire out near the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? And maybe, yeah. maybe we start seeing that, um, uh, pop can up bring out often. his old friend, the walking boot, the walking boot. Uh, yeah, that it, it might, uh, we might have an appearance in, but, um, as of right now, mm-hmm. they seem very solid. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just weird because, like, if you think, what, couldn't have been more than, like, three years ago, they had Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, they, like, and they're undefeated this year with none of that. Like, yeah. the on, like, the only big name that's still left there, I feel like, is Big Ben Juju? And, and Juju. But even yeah. Juju, like, Juju didn't have a great year last year, I don't think. No, and I don't think he's gone. I think I saw some sort of tweet that was like, he hasn't gone over 80 yards since Antonio Brown left. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a number one guy, but they're making yeah. it work without one. Yeah, and their number one wide receiver keeps getting hurt, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. He, like, he comes in, he puts up, he puts up insane stats, and then he gets hurt. Um, So he's been, you know... At the wide receiver position, at least, he's been playing with scrubs. He has Eric Ebron, mm-hmm. who a couple years ago, he was a pro bowler. I think he had, like, 15 touchdowns that season yeah. at the tight end position. So, he he hasn't been amazing, but he I think he's, like, his safety valve. Where he, like, you know, five catches, 50 yards, maybe a touchdown, maybe not, you know. And I think uh, Chase Claypool has, like, had a big game or two. Yeah. Um, I think he's a rookie, if I'm not mistaken. Um. But yeah, he's he he might be the best thing they've got going for him right now, um, as far as receivers. But mm-hmm. I was very surprised by that. Um, the other thing I was surprised by was how quick DK Metcalf fucking caught my man. Just, just <laughs> yo, he's so huge. It's it looks so ridiculous. Like it, for DK Metcalf to be that big and then still hawk someone down. Is just like it's so ridiculous looking, and he's just like fucking booking it. He just like takes off, and it's also I feel it's like, like he runs like straight up, like like vertical. Yeah. So he's just like fucking. Someone said it was like the Terminator running, and it totally was. Like it looked like the Terminator, fucking just hawking him down. <laughs> and did you see people after they had that uh, post or that happened? People were posting Larry Allen, the yeah. Cowboys, yeah, the uh, offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. Yeah, he was like 350, fucking hooking it just full speed. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And then another one I saw was the Ben Watson one. Have you seen it? Ben Watson. Benjamin Watson for the the Patriots. Thanks. He catches Champ Bailey from like. Oh, I saw. I didn't watch it, but I saw somebody post that. But yeah. You need to watch it. You need to find it and watch it at some point. Yeah. He is like probably. All right. So I don't know how wide a football field is. Um. NFL football field width. 
Um, let's see. Is 100 yards and 160 feet. 160 feet wide, so 53 yards. Yeah. He has to be at least 35 yards to the right of Champ Bailey. Like, he is on the absolute opposite end of the field. You know what I mean? Like, like they both catch it at, like, the two. Or, like, like Champ Bailey catches it, intercepts it at, like, mm-hmm. within the, the five, I think. And Benjamin Watson is within the five-yard line on the other side of the field. And Benjamin mm-hmm. Watson is a tight end, and Champ Bailey's a corner. And Benjamin Watson catches him at the opposite one-yard line. To knock him out of a bounds before a touchdown in a playoff game. It is wild to watch. <laughs> and like Jesus. the two, there's the Chan Bailey has two other Denver Broncos players running with him, mm-hmm. and neither of them block Benjamin Watson because one, they're probably tired of shit, but two He's they, they had also they had no idea that dude was fucking coming. Like he comes <laughs> like he he comes from off screen. Like as you're watching it, like he just comes into view and just rocks him. I guarantee mm-hmm. that those two dudes that were with him were like, "Oh shit!" Like at the very last second, like they saw the white pages just come like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> uh, but it's huh. insane. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's uh, we'll, we'll curb the NFL talk. Um, and uh, let's move to, um, you know. Islands of sorts. Yes. Right? So yeah. so a particular celebrity made a very poor judgment call. <laughs> That's yes. what I'll say. Yeah, so Kim Kardashian celebrated her fortieth birthday and she posted so she she could have so she went on an island vacation with her family and friends. Right. Right? Fine, cool. You have the money to do that. You probably do that. Don't post it, you know, because things are happening. So just kinda keep it to yourself. But then this week, she said, um, she posted a post of, like, people, like, you know, carefree, just maskless, just hanging out in a private island. She said, after two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal just for a brief moment in time. Um, (laughs) And so, people, like, so, of course, people were like, Kimberly, what the fuck is this? <laughs> because, like, they literally posted that clip from her from the show where uh, Courtney is like, "Kim, people are dying." It's <laughs> like, Kim, literally, people are a thousand people are still dying every day. People have <laughs> lost their jobs, and you're out here being like, "Oh, you know, we used our money to do this or that," which I'm sure other rich people are doing. I think Drake had a birthday party and he probably did the same thing. But just the way that she just like posted about it, so people were like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> um, and so it's just were, tone deaf. It's tone deaf. Just tone to deaf. The, the utmost degree. Like yes. what the yes. fuck? Like why? Just keep it to yourself. First of all, the fact that you're able to rent out a whole fucking island is is an overarching problem in this system, right? Yes. Um, like, like people are over here fucking uh, unemployed and not able to get like you know, unemployment because of all the like bureaucracy and whatever and all the problems happening right now. And it's just like, you're like, "Eh, we just bought an island like rented an island out for a while. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, why post it this way? You literally didn't even, even if you were in private island, just say my family and I enjoyed a vacation and that's it. And you just say that. And people will right. be like, well, where's the thing? And then you go, well, you know, we have money. We can avoid things like that. So 
people automatically, you know, they would take the tweet, the caption from the tweet, and they would post it with pictures of like the the people from Lost, the people from Castaway, right. the fucking people from Midsummer. Um, so Twitter had a field day with it. Um, but it got me thinking. I was like, what would be my Desert Island movies? You know, that's a great. You know, you always see this icebreaker. There's that great episode of The Office where people talk about their Desert Island movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a quick list. I just kind of came up with it right before we recorded, just because I was like, what are the movies that I could watch over and over and over and over and over and over and over without getting bored of them? Um, mm-hmm. but then also like ones that, you know, just kind of they're breezy 90 minutes something i think two of them are 90 minutes just breezy get through them and be done with it um so that was kind of like the criteria of it right the desert island movie um so i asked tyler to come up with his and i think we both came up with them pretty quickly because i think you know it's relatively easy to come up with um so my three are uh men in black okay 21 jump street okay and the matrix okay so so what is it about each one that that it makes it work for you in that setting. Yeah, so I, I think the uh, Men in Black and Twenty One Jump Street are both like comedies, and they're both ninety minutes, and I can breeze through both of them like that. And I know that because I have in the past. Um, I I watched Twenty One Jump Street, Jump Street three times one day, in one day. God <laughs> damn! When I was it, it was uh, I think the summer before my sophomore year or my junior year. Um, so I, I what I would do. When I was at home from school, home from school, or just you know the the summers during high school, is that I would rent movies from Redbox. But because you want to rent a movie as early as possible in the morning, so that you don't have to return it until the following day's night. Right. You see what I mean? Like if you return, if you rent a movie at night, then you have to return it the following day. But if you rent mm-hmm. it in the morning, you have all day, and then you have all the next day. Okay. So I bought it. Or I rented it, and then I watched it first thing in the morning because I was like, fuck it, it's 9 a.m., what else am I doing? It's summer, I don't mm-hmm. have a job, whatever. So I watched it, 9 a.m., and then in the afternoon, I think my sister and I watched it because I was like, Yuli, you got to watch it, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then we watched it again, and it was fucking funny. And then that night, some friends came over, and I was like, guys, we got to watch this movie, it is so fucking funny, <laughs> and I watched it again. And every time, it's just so funny, and it just breezes, it's like the pacing is perfect. Um, and then the same thing with Men in Black. So right. growing up, we had HB, we had Dish, mm-hmm. and Dish has this thing where it's like the it's like HBO, but it's HBO Eastern, and then like a couple of channels up is HBO Western. Right. So whatever movie you watched, you know, do you have this? Have you seen this before? It's it, they had it on regular like Spectrum cable too. Oh, okay, cool. So like, yeah, so you... whatever came on. And three hours would be on the other station. On the other channel. You'd yep, watch it exactly. on East, and then three hours later, it'd be on West. Yep, yep. And so um, HBO schedule resets every month. Every month they get a whole new batch of movies. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a whole month where like I would watch Men in Black at like five. And then Men in Black And at then eight. again at eight. <laughs> and so I did that like three or four times over the course of that month whenever it comes out. Because it's the same, dude. It's just like breezy. It's like I've talked about how I think it's the perfect. Uh, it it probably is quote a perfect movie. It just it's like everything is it's like fucking tight as a goddamn drum. It like moves. It is quick. The performances are perfect. The special effects, the comedy, the humor, the action, everything's perfect about it. So I just watched it a hundred times that month. Right. Um, and then the Matrix just because it fucking rules and it's probably the movie I've watched most all time. Probably along with uh, the first Spider Man from two thousand two. Right. Yeah, so, so those are all yeah. very solid choices. Um, so my three are 40-Year-Old Virgin, mm-hmm. Step Brothers, 
and the Matrix as well. Um, so, <laughs> so Forty Year Old Virgins is hilarious to me. Like, it, both it and Step Brothers fill this this uh, this space where it's like I, I can quote an infinite amount of lines from either movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. and it it's so. Both of those movies are just hilarious to me. Like, like they're hilarious to me from a line, like dialogue perspective. They're hilarious just like in situation. You know what I mean? Like, like just the yeah. whole premise is hilarious, and, and like you get like really solid performances out of everybody in those movies. Um, one of my favorite things about Forty Year Old Virgin is the Kevin Hart scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's like I don't know what you're trying to say. He's like you're using big words. I don't know what to mean, but I'm gonna take it as disrespect. I'm disrespect. <laughs> Both of y'all. <laughs> God, that shit kills me. It's like I don't, but I'm gonna take it as disrespect. Um, oh God, it, that kills me. So much of it. You know, he walks in to his job and then. Uh, that guy, I, I don't know his name, but the black guy that works there, like, has, like, just ass, like, in a car wash. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like a rat video, like, just oh, ass, yeah, yeah. ass <laughs> on all the screens. He's, like, standing up just, like, thrusting, like, because he's not. <laughs> it's just, all of it's great. I love so much of that movie. Um, and Step Brothers is also, it's weird. I know Will Ferrell's, like, I feel like you either love Will Ferrell movies or you despise mm. them. Like, you just don't find the humor in them. Or at least, like, right. that lane of Will Ferrell. Like, you know, yes. like, I feel like everyone likes Elf. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, just, yeah, like, yeah. his yep. dumb comedies. Like, another, I think, further tipped into that category, or, or that, like, line, is Talladega Nights, which I also love. Like, it, mm. Talladega Nights is hilarious to me. But it's, like, I think it goes even more into just, like, dumb than, than Step Brothers does. But yes. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this. I think he came out with um, Blades of Glory and this one, like in back-to-back years. And I love both of them. Right. I, Blades of Glory is okay. It's not... I, I don't love it as much as the other two I've mentioned, but it's still mm-hmm. very good. Um, so, I, I have those because realistically, I'm trapped on a fucking desert island. I probably don't have a whole lot of people with me, and those are going to put me in a pretty good mood regardless of what's going on or when I watch it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like those are going to, I'm going to feel much better about my day after I've watched those two movies. And then, okay. of course, again, The Matrix is just fucking amazing. <laughs> like, like, it is. And, and it's one of those movies that, like, I've seen it so many times that, like, I can pick up the, like, you know, people memorize lines and stuff, but you, like, click the, the, the sound cues and stuff. Right, like when things change or just the sound, like the the the, peop- the way people move and stuff, it's like you can, uh, just like sort of like it's etched into your memory like a song. Right, exactly. Like you can feel like you know all the movements that are happening in any given scene. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can you can literally replay the scene in your head. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you know all the moves. Like everyone knows the cartwheel and the the the, you know. The bank scene is what I always call it. Yeah. The, like, everyone knows the cartwheel. Everyone knows um, Trinity's opening, like, as the as they bust in and she's, like, in the air doing the crane kick. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Mm. Like, there's so much of it that's just, like, iconic imagery. Um, and, and it's just great. Uh, I think it's a solid movie. I can't imagine being upset that it's one of the only three movies I have. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, i got to watch this again. And, and The Matrix. So, I think, I really think, like, all of these 
my three are probably just because I have I had the ability to watch them a fucking billion times. Because The Matrix was when I was a kid, it was on HBO all the time, mm-hmm. and so I used to record movies off of HBO. You know, you would put the tape in, and then yeah. right when it starts, you hit record, and then you're like, nobody change the channel. <laughs> I'm watching a movie. Just let it go. Right. And so I would watch The Matrix all the time when I was a kid. Of course, yeah. back then, I think I mentioned this before, I was like, I don't know any of this shit about the computers and you know, <laughs> right. simulation and shit. I was just like, this is cool fights and shit. Yeah. And the subway, and there's like clones and stuff. Like, yeah, I'll take it. But I didn't know it. I didn't get it. I was like, why is he in a tub of goop? Whatever. I don't care. He's, <laughs> he knows Kung Fu now. Right. <laughs> he knows Kung Fu. This world's fake and everything's awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah. And uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name now. The the scummy underhanded guy. Oh, uh, Joe Pantaleon, uh, Cipher. Cipher. Okay, yeah. It's like all you know is that like Cipher scummy, like yeah. Keanu Reeves is great and everything's cool. Um, yeah. Well, and it's cool because like as like a, as a kid, you know, you don't really know, but like your brain picks it up because you're like that guy has a little goatee and he just looks wormy and you're like he's gonna betray them and then he does, but you don't. You as a kid, you're not like. Oh, you know, he's his his motivations are this and this and that. I was just like, oh, he's just evil because he's look a bad guy. Because look at him. Yeah, look yeah. at him. He's got a fucking goatee. <laughs> and he's bald. He's got a goatee. He's bald. <laughs> like, and he, like, anytime Trinity looks away from him, he, like, checks her out and he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he's clearly the bad guy. Oh, God. Even Agent Smith doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, he just, yeah, he just goes, you know, he's, I used to think, so I couldn't really pick up their faces. I thought that there were three guys that all looked the same. And then now as an adult, I'm like, those dudes look nothing the same. Yeah, right. Like, but I was, same, but I was like, the same way. Like, these guys are, they look exactly the same. Like, yeah. these must be three brothers they got to play this part. And then, uh-huh. like, as an adult, you're like, all it is is a suit and glasses. <laughs> yeah, like, one guy's, like, a little bit more stocky. One guy's really thin. Hugo Weaving's hairline's, like, to the back of his head. And then you're like, oh, these guys, they all look the same. But now you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like, it's kind of how, like, kind of like how people mix up Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg, but then it's like, yeah, I know that they look different because you know I know actors and stuff. But if you didn't know them, you'd be like, those guys are the same person, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Um, except that you know, Matt Damon's kind of just better in every way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, those three movies that are all great. Um, I, I, would... uh, I just remembered one that I would have probably put. Okay, what would you? I probably would have put Mean Girls instead of Twenty One Jump Street. Mean Girls. Yeah, that's fair. Dude, that's a I, very solid movie. I yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. It's up. It's probably up there with the Matrix, Spider Man, and Mean Girls. It's the three movies I've seen the most all time in my life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if I think about mine, I don't really like. So here's the deal. I don't like rewatching movies, which I've said before, mm. except for comedies. Comedies, I like can consistently just watch over and over again because it's funny because the other movies i was thinking was thinking about putting on this list mm-hmm. are walk hard the dewey cox story which i love yes um and super bad which is yes, also incredible yes. and both of those are comedies um and see so super bad is interesting for me because i i remember when i was growing up i would buy dvds all the time Right. And so I bought the one for Superbad, of course. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and or I would always watch the movie up until 
like halfway and then I would lose interest in it for some reason. Like up until where they split up with McLovin at the, at the, um, or, or what's his name? Jonah Hill gets run over by that guy right. backing out. Yeah. Like right there, for some reason, I, I probably finished the movie twice, but I watched everything before that like 10 times. Like I'd always be like, I'm gonna watch the movie. And then we would get to that point and be like, yeah, let's turn it off. Let's do something else, which is really weird because I, you, I also bought, Knocked Up around that time, and I love Knocked Up, and I would watch Knocked Up all the way through, and I've seen Knocked Up all the way through a bunch of times. Yeah, Knocked Up is also great. I, I don't know what it is like that, but you're right about Superbad, because if I think about Superbad, like, anything after the party, I'm just like, I don't, like, I don't even remember anything that happens. Like, right, the, the one where exactly, he gets the right? blood on his pants, you know what I mean? He gets the blood on his pants, but that's like it. Like, yeah. but everything before, you know, when he's like, um, McLovin, it, it, him in the, in the, in the, what he imagines himself buying the alcohol. Yeah. When <laughs> they're in school, um, when they're talking about the video game, like everything before is like, I remember it when they're fucking getting off the bus and he says he's wearing the vest like Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, everything before like, that. Is I, McLovin or Muhammad? He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck would it be? Like, all those, I, I, hilarious watches a fucking billion times but like i said for some reason right around where they leave for that party i just kind of uh, it just kind of just drops off yeah the <laughs> i don't i don't know why like i i do like the guy that's in i think he's in brooklyn 99 is the one that backs into him in the oh yeah, yeah i don't know why i love that too <laughs> oh dude i'm so, i'm so sorry bro oh i didn't even see you there man yeah and then he immediately is just trying to like <laughs> just be shitty and underhanded it's like i don't know why but bingo bango ready to go go like it kills me every time he says it um mm-hmm. just because it's so out of place but yeah no it's it's all great and he's in what movie is he in? He's in a movie with Seth Rogen also. And like, is it Pineapple mm-hmm. Express? Pineapple Express. Because he's the teacher and like, he has another one-liner because Seth Rogen's like girlfriend is in high school, which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of weird. Um, yeah, looking back, yeah, that is, but, it's Amber Heard and it's like, yeah, but isn't he, he like 30? I don't know. But like, know. He, he's there and like, the teacher wants her to date, like, the football player of the team. And, like, Seth Rogen says something. And the teacher's like, heard that. Wish I hadn't heard that, but I did. Uh, like, it, it kills me every time. Uh, I love the line in that movie where Danny McBride runs over um, Craig Robinson. Yeah. And he runs him over with the with the... With the Daewoo, oh, and he shoots off his foot. Yeah, like, you just got killed by Daewoo Lano's motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, Danny McBride is just is the greatest. Like Danny McBride doesn't have seem to have big parts in any of those movies. Like mm-hmm. like any of the movies I think of, like when I think of Danny McBride, the movies I think of, he's never like a main character. But like no. him and Hot Rod is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like this is him my hat now. This is totally my hat. Um. But yeah, in Tropic Thunder, but him in Pineapple Express kills me so much. Bro, they open the door and he's got one of those giant exercise yogurt balls. And he, yes. like, he bounces it like three times like, trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. Shit kills me every time. <laughs> and then they're like, you know why I shave my armpits? It's like, they're like, why? It's like, makes me more aerodynamic when I fight. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Uh, I do think his crown, the crown jewel performance is in This Is The End. Oh, yes. With the apocalypse yeah. one? Yes. God, that's great. He's such a piece of shit. He gets two great entrances and he's such a piece of shit. Um, 
And I think I've mentioned this before, like to this day, to this day, whenever I cook something, I do that butterfly thing he does where he's like, he's like, uh, spearing fingers over the, he's doing like spitter fingers in the shape of a butterfly over the food. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Another, yo, in that movie. Uh, and then he fucking pours the water on himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, it, I don't know. In that movie, one of the things James, James I think it's a James Franco part, they, they asked him, like, why he has all the, like, Playboy magazines. He's like, it's because I like to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit kills me. Uh, but, yeah, those uh, are all, I, it's funny because, like, I know we just ran, like, none of this had anything to do with what we were talking about. We are just talking about, like, just at this point, like, favorite lines in comedy movies. But, like, that's, I think that's why I can rewatch comedy movies so many times. It's because, mm-hmm. like, even, even though I know the line, I'll forget about it until, like, it starts to happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I do that, too. Um, like, Sydney will mention something or she'll, like... Be like, well, so and so, and I'd be like, oh my god, there's this great comedy scene. And I'll look at the scene up on YouTube and be like, look, look, watch, 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 watch. It's so funny, it's so funny. Yeah. And then that just be like, happened ah, yesterday. Yeah. We were all playing Overwatch, and we brought up the not another teen movie scene with the yes, chill. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that movie's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'll look that up, or like, I'll look up a a scene from like old school or something, or. And Sydney's always like, I had, I'm sure that was very funny. I don't get it, but okay. Yo. That drives me insane. And, like, like, and I understand, not trying to be shitty, but, like, my wife will do the same thing, and it hurts me so bad. Like, anytime, <laughs> like, she's, like, I-, I think something is absolutely hilarious. And, like, I show it to her, and she's, like, yeah, it's, that was funny. And I'm, like, I want to choke you to death right now. <laughs> Why did you not enjoy this as much as me? Um because to me, like, the things I find funny are so hilariously funny. Like, I never... Hold on. Here's a good question. Like, when when we watch a comedy special, she, like, doesn't laugh. She'll just watch it, and then at the end be like, that was pretty good. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like if I hear something funny, I will laugh till I cry and can't breathe. Like, <laughs> like why... Why are you this way? And so, like, the whole time the movie's going on, I'm, like, looking over to, like, make sure she's actually having a decent time because I know even if she hates it, she won't tell me. So I'm, like, just constantly on my toes to, like, make sure. Yeah, you're just like, uh, uh, uh. And then no reaction, and I'm devastated every time. Yeah. Um, Although, I, I feel like nowadays, like, if I try to show Sydney like, an older comedy movie, it'd be a lot of, like, well, that was funny back then. Like, the Pineapple Express thing, like, if I'd be, like, you know, oh, Seth Rogen is eating a high schooler. Oh, what is that about? I'm like, oh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Why, I literally I don't know why had never thought that. of that until I said it. And so I was like, Seth Rogen's in a high school because he's dating a high schooler. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> that's very weird. Why would they do that? What is the point of that? That It doesn't, co- I mean, it comes into it because he's staying with her family, but she could have easily, I don't know, been home from school from college. I, my guess is just that like. It's embarrassing. My, my hope is that the reason they did that is because it's supposed to be embarrassing that, like, for him. You know what I mean? Right. Not for her, but for him. That, like, he's dating a high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure he was young when they made that. Like, he was only 23 when they did Knocked Up. So that's, like, a, like a year later. So he was only, like, 24, 25. But the man looks 30. So, yeah, like. Also, I wonder. I don't even remember how old, like, his character is supposed to be. Because I also yeah. don't feel like his character is supposed to be, like, just at a high school. Even You know what I mean? 
Like, exactly. like if he was twenty three and looked thirty, but his character was still supposed to be nineteen, like you could still just be like, well, he's fourteen. You know what I mean? Or like four? Right. It's a four year difference. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't see it like visually, but I, I get it. You know what I mean? But I don't even think his character is supposed to be like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that's 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 a minor one. Have you tried to watch Ace Ventura: Pet Detective in the last two or three years? Not in the past two or three years, but I have thought about the fact that the whole thing comes down to the person being a transvestite, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, it's very transphobic. Like, so yeah, and I was like, oh my god. He he realizes that he kissed a trans person, and then Jim Carrey starts being like, oh my god, oh my god, and he, like, goes into the bathroom, and he, like, puts a plunger to his face, and yeah. he, like, takes a shower, and, like, lights his clothes on fire, and I was telling Sydney, I was like, yeah, th- this this was a very funny scene 25 years ago, but now it's not, the, and the, so, like, like, I can't show you this The final scene, like, the, the climax is that he makes the person take their pants down to prove... Yes. I was like, oh my god, this is awful. Are you something like something as simple like, like like knocked up too, where it's like, why didn't she just have an abortion? Like because there would be no movie, okay? There'd be no movie if she had an right. abortion. Like, yes, a normal, rational woman would have had an abortion. Also, I will say though that I don't think is necessarily a fair assumption. You know what I mean? I I'm not like there are definitely I think a lot of people would, but I also think there are a lot of people that wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, right. right. I, it, it you know that and, is, yeah. But, but, yeah, but she was also like you know like a up and coming movie executive lady, so it's like. Or she would have been me, on birth control. To me, that's yeah, that, that's just the that's movie fair. Too. Also, no, but you know what? Now that you mentioned knocked up the whole condom thing, just not putting it on. Like yes, that's rape. That's that, rape. That's no good. That's, I mean, the movie paints it as like a genuine misunderstanding, but like yes. it's just not good. Like no, yes, yes, because even if it's accidental, it's so that's rape. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, yeah, comedy's, comedy's a funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> the times they are changing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know what, let's, let's just back off of this now. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about old comedies anymore. Hey, you know what? Step Brothers, not really problematic at all, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Step Brothers is problematic. I haven't and... watched it in a bit, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm is. sure 40-Year-Old Virgin is somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably all over the place, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. you mean like the, you want to know how you, I know you're gay scene? Oh, that yeah, one? that's true. It's cause, <laughs> but here's the deal. my, I, It's like, that one is still hilarious to me, even though it's so sensitive, because it's not like legitimate stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you listen it's just, to Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, but just the framing of it, it's like... Ugh. Yeah, it's it's iffy. It's it's definitely iffy now. I still, I still think it's like... To me, that's when I can look and like, say, like, I, I understand this is bad now, but I feel like you can still see the humor in it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, whereas maybe you don't see the humor in Seth Rogen dating a high schooler. Um, yeah. Why would but, they do that? Huh? Yeah, that's Whatever. such a wild decision. But anyways... um. I, I, let's call that the episode. Um, <laughs> so, um, if you want to catch me uh, on Instagram, you can catch me at Team Moneybags. Oh, and I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. And if you want to catch the uh, podcast account, it's at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email us directly, you can email us at DifferAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, sort of talking about these, you know, late 2000 movies, early 2010 movies. I mean, this, I should have brought this up before we did the wrap up, but it's so interesting to me how that like is dead now. 
like right that's like a whole genre that doesn't like exist anymore yeah and i don't mean just like bro movies i mean just like comedies that opened to like 40 million dollars and made like 150 million like the hangover the hangover made 250 million dollars as a radar comedy uh wedding yeah. crashers wedding crashers was a 200 million dollar movie and the whole thing is that they just were wedding crashers like there's no sort of extra thing about it right right but in uh, bridesmaids another one 30 mil opening 150 mil zeitgeist people were talking about it people quote it people love it but then now the closest thing is probably like a Netflix movie, but like they don't make those big, you know, big budget comedies for theaters anymore. The only one I can think of is like recently. Is, train. Uh, there was Trainwreck like five years ago. Uh, Booksmart is kind of that. I feel Booksmart, like Booksmart. is probably the closest thing we got to it. But even then, it's like it made its money, but it wasn't like huge. Like right, right. Like the Wedding Crashers. Uh. I don't even think the King of Staten Island would have been that this year. Yeah. You know, every summer we used to have the uh, Neighbors was one that was big, but then the yeah. sequel kind of bombed. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of one in the last five years. Probably since Trainwreck, where I can think of one that was like 30 mil, 150 mil. And like, it was a big success. Yeah. Uh, oof. Yeah. I'm looking at just like comedies to release in like 2018. Yeah. Um, Tag. Like, that didn't do well. No. Um, <laughs> And I'm looking, I just, you're right, I don't, that's like not a thing anymore. Yeah. I I, I need to, we, we could talk about that in, in a later episode. I would be fascinated to see what changed. I'm guessing, well, like with everything else, it went to Netflix, but like, there's still big budget movies, so, oh, um, Game Night, did you see Game Night? Yeah, Game Night was very good. I was very good. That. I feel like that one, I mean, that, it didn't make a lot of money, but I feel like that, that's a movie that if it would have come out 10 years be- ago, like, or 10 years before probably makes like 120 130 mil yeah what what happened i just don't know what what would have caused those movies to just disappear the way they did yeah but anyway i, right. I just got it just got me thinking when you were wrapping up i was like yeah we're talking about all these movies but it's not like you know we're not going like oh what about this one from 20 you know, from two years ago right these are all like from like 2005 to like 2011 ish 2012 ish right yeah. yeah, interesting. R.I.P. the mid-2000s rated R comedy. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what what caused that to happen. Um, yeah. But either way, um, that's the episode, guys. Uh, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.